Welcome to the Sift Spoil. We're going to go over the hanging threads, romances, jokes, Easter eggs, cameos, deaths, resurrections, and post-credit sequences. They all die. <laughs> From... Uh, well, I just no forgot that let, let, let There Be Death, I think is the name no, of the movie. <laughs> no time to die. <laughs> no time to die. Ironic, again, considering it's almost three hours long. <laughs> he has plenty of time. And also ironic, considering spoilers, uh, he does, in he, fact, he die. Does. Uh, this is the first so how, surpri- how surprised were you that they actually and literally killed James Bond? I saw it coming. Um, I think they set it up really nicely. I, if you had told me, like, if it were a spoiler to me and I didn't know and you were like, no, he dies in this, I'd be, what? You know, but, but the way the movie went, um, especially those last... 15 minutes or so, uh, it was clear to me this is where we were heading. Um, oh, sure. And uh, and I think it's perfect. I just think it's absolutely perfect. I think the shot of him dying where it's like, oh, there is no doubt. We are going to show you multiple, by yes, multiple missiles striking right where he is and him being vaporized by those missiles. And it's gorgeous. Yeah. It is such a beautiful, evocative shot. And um, and it's emotional. It actually yeah. has weight besides just a visual or just a shock value of mm-hmm. they killed James Bond. It also has a, a really, yeah, like emotional undercurrent to it where he's finally given something to live for, a mm-hmm. unhappy ending that could be, you know, achievable within his own lifetime. Mm-hmm. And it turns out seconds earlier, minutes earlier, he's been cursed with a poison that prevents that from ever being a reality. So yeah. he's like, you know what? If I'm going to go out... Uh, this is the way to do it in an absolute and literal blaze of glory. Um, I told my wife about it when I got back from the movie, and she's like, "Oh yeah, but they didn't. They'll bring him back." So I'm like, "No, they can't. They, he, there's yeah. no way to bring him back. This is they for sure, hundred percent. He is dead." Yeah. But if you stayed through the twelve minutes of credits, mm-hmm. the very last thing on screen, as is the case in all Bond mm-hmm. movies, was James Bond will return. It didn't say 007 will return. Uh, it said James it said Bond. James will Bond return. will return. Yeah. So um, what does that mean? Are they just going to – they're just nakedly admitting we're going to reboot it and we'll have a new actor? Oh, sure. We're going to maybe – Oh, sure. But that's – see, here's the thing. Bond has always played fast and loose with is this a sequel or is it a yeah. reboot? Like the the way that it carries Q into different – you know, the, from the beginning. Like characters would carry over. Some would not. Some characters would be different. Um, you know, you can, and go- even Daniel Craig did that cause Judy Dench came over from mm-hmm. Pierce Brosnan's Correct. movies, but Correct. they very clearly like, this is a reboot, but we're still borrowing some other right. elements from the previous. So it's always so. played fast and loose with that stuff. I don't think they were worried about that. You know, you, a new bond will have a story. Um, I, I do wonder, does, you know, does that make it less likely that we'll see any carryover? Like, are they going to have to really completely say like, it's a different universe, right? Like. Uh, which is sad for me because I I like Ben Wishaw as um, I as love Q. Ben Wishaw. I, I think he's as, great, and they and they do a little. They did a little more sort of uh, peppering in of his character in this movie, mm-hmm. some hints of his personal life, and like showing him prepping at home with his cat. And I loved all of that stuff. Um, and I think he's a really compelling Q character, and I, he's young enough. I hope he does it as long as Desmond did for like the next forty years mm-hmm. or whatever. Yeah, I doubt it. Uh, I think movie contracts are a lot harder to do these days than back then, but. Um, yeah, that does beg the question. When they recast this role, maybe as a woman or as a person of color, there's been lots of talk about lots of different actors stepping in. Um, will Ray Fiennes and Will Ben Wishaw and Naomi Harris, will they all return mm-hmm. as like the MI6 
you know, teammates. And I hope so. There's no reason to recast them as well. Ray Fiennes probably bangs out his scenes in a weekend or two. Yeah. But, uh, and that traditionally has been how they've done it. Bernard Lee carried over for, I think, the first three or four mm-hmm. Bonds before they had to recast him as M. But yeah, th- anything ha- could happen here. Who knows what the Broccoli family has in store for number 26. It'll be interesting. I do think there's something about this ending that makes that more difficult uh, for an audience not to be distracted by that. Um, but yeah. but I don't know. I don't. I I, I mean, obviously they'll bring James Bond back. Um, I wonder if maybe they'll put those pieces in the TV show with the new 007. Um, yeah. You know, uh, it just depends on how how much. And I say that like it's a guaranteed thing. Nobody's announced that or anything. I just assume Amazon bought uh, you know those rights for a reason. And they want an expanded universe. And I think, you know, Bond will... Yeah, that was... Um, uh, you mentioned it in the show proper, and I, it kind of flew past my head. But yeah, they had recently bought the rights from MGM, mm-hmm. uh, but not the movie rights. They, I think they came out straight away and said, this will not sort of preempt the movies, which will always stay theatrical. They mm-hmm. were very, right. very um, steadfast on that position, which is why we had to wait a year and a half for this, because they didn't want to release it on video. They wanted to wait mm-hmm. until we could see it on big screens and i'm glad they did it that way i saw it in imax it looked fantastic but it is um uh interesting that they they bought the rights to a franchise that has heretofore never existed outside of cinemas and there was a no streaming clause attached to it so it's like they're clearly prepping a spinoff or some other property yeah, I just I it makes a lot of sense to me. Um so I wonder if you'll get Ben Wishaw and Ray Fines in that in a TV show, which would have been unheard of, you know, 10 years ago, but now like movies are doing that with the big characters, you know, going over It would have to, been unheard of because Ray Fines is too big of an actor. Right. Or, yeah, yeah, like the idea yeah. of, you know, um changing a a movie uh, with right. big characters into a TV show, that kind of thing. But you know, there's so well, yeah, many. Whenever, when, whenever that used to happen, they would just recast everybody. Right. When, whenever they did a TV spinoff of a movie, they would just all the, the big name actors couldn't even animated shows. Mm-hmm. When they did like you know the Aladdin TV show, like a lot of those people didn't come back. Robin Williams certainly didn't. Because um, like yeah, you can't commit to that stuff. But these days, you you look at what Marvel's doing. I mean, you know, those are the real. The real that's the real deal. That's Tom Hiddleston playing Loki in that Loki show. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like and, I, and I think I think Amazon, Apple, and the rest are are taking their cues from Kevin Feige, and they mm-hmm. realize there's there's money to be made in in legitimate crossovers in television, mm-hmm. as long as you hold it to the same quality standard and budget as the yeah. rest of it. Yeah, and people people will enjoy it wherever they got to. Yeah. Any other any other big spoiler things? No, I mean, I mean obviously uh, that's the big one we want to talk about. I you know the. Uh, Bond has a kid. That's kind of interesting. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, up until now, he has had uh, relations with at least 50 to 70 women. and It's not surprising he has a child. Um. It's not surprising. <laughs> it's surprising this is the first time we've seen one. Yeah. Uh, I, and I'm actually, I'm genuinely surprised they haven't pulled that thread yet where like some long lost bastard child comes out of the woodwork who's like a 20 something guy mm-hmm. yeah. who resents Bond for like that could have been a good villain in a movie. Right. Right. Where like someone comes out like you were never the father I wanted mm-hmm. and now I'm going to end the world or whatever. Like that's a plot. Mm-hmm. They never tapped into it, but this one they use it sort of as a, a cheat card for emotional it kind works. of leverage. I think it works. It, and it does work. Yeah. The kid's adorable. Yes. Yeah, she really is. <laughs> Uh, yeah, I don't know. I don't know that there's anything else really to chat about spoiler wise. I think the, um, the, the villains plan 
was, uh, you know, a little bit all over the place. Uh, I mean, he's a poison dealer, I what, guess. What, what, like, were, what were they doing with the water? I didn't understand that. They're just making poisons. I think like he Why used... were they in water? Why was everyone wasting water? Because <laughs> you, you need water for plants. He's a, he's a poison botanist. Like he's, you know, an expert in- And the plant only grows in waste deep eh, water? Who knows? Who knows? In yeah. an old like Russian silo? I don't- Yeah. Yeah, they never. It was just there's just a visually it was a very provocative Mm -hmm. image of like all these people in hazmat suits and waist deep water doing something next to these vertical light tubes. Mm -hmm. But I was like, why don't they? They just just washing growing something. What's going on? Some sort of microscopic plant or something that eats people. Who knows? Doesn't matter. Uh, And then you know you've got the nanobot poison or whatever that um, that Spectre is trying to use and instead um lucifer satan <laughs> whatever his name yeah, is <laughs> well, it, it was some I, again i wish we had subtitles in the in the theater because i'm like I, I must be hearing this name wrong is it sufian sufian lucifer but it's spelled with like three y's or something yeah it was, yeah yeah uh you know he's the he hijacks that kills specter with it <clears throat> and then you know is doing something i i, I will say um I was a little disappointed in Blofeld's death. It felt very anticlimactic. I like that I scene, though, overall. I like- I, oh, I like the Christoph Waltz makes any scene mm-hmm. awesome. But it felt very anticlimactic, especially because I thought they were going to develop this guy into like a multi-film big bad. And they just immediately took him out one scene into this second appearance. Yeah. Um, well, and if I can... And we, ne- we, ne- we never saw Blofeld bald or in a wheelchair. I thought they were going to sort of... Let him escape, and then mm-hmm. find a reason for him to be in a, and bring him back for a third movie, uh, and kind of reestablish him as like you know the the big bad. But it was just okay. He dies. And if I can, if I can <laughs> close nit- the loop. If I can nitpick, um, the that scene distracted me too because she puts these nanobots on like perfume, like on her wrists, right? And then she's afraid to go in there, but James touches her wrist, and then the nanobites don't get him until James tries to choke him. Right. And so my question is, was she going to smear her wrists all over him? I thought these things were airborne. Like what? Like, I just thought they it had to into, be in the room. Go, I, th- I think they go into your blood. And you ha- they mentioned at some point uh, physical touch that you had to kiss somebody or they had to get in saliva or blood. So I, how, I did the, how did the spray that. work at the beginning then? Because uh, you were inhaling it. Well, that's what I'm getting sa- it into your face. Well, that's what I'm saying. So I didn't. Un- I guess I didn't understand. She, I, I think she could have either. Um, sprayed the perfume directly at Blofeld, that would have worked. Uh-huh. Or spray it on her hands and then make the hands physically touch him and that sort of completes the loop. Yeah, it was just- It made sense to me, but I didn't think about it. <laughs> it was a little weird to I, me. I just, as soon as, he, as soon as he touched Blofeld, I was like, oh, okay, I, I see what's happening here. He's contaminating him. He'll be dead and he is dead in a second. And then the the whole thing at the end where the movie is telling us, oh, it's over. He's never going to be able to touch his wife and child again. And I'm like, but really? Because these are nanobots. Like, it's not like you can't, you know, invent another nanobot that could, you know, target these nanobots. You know what I mean? Like, I, I Up until like five minutes before he was vaporized by the missiles. I was definitely expecting like a Star Trekky ending where Q is like, "Oh wait, it turns out after all I do have the cure. Come back." Well, it would have like, made it would have made a lot of sense actually, right? Like yeah. this if you can yeah. on a computer type the programming for these bots, how can you not program some different yeah. bots to go in there? Like it makes sense to me that 
I don't know. It was just it was one of those things where I know what the movie needs me to believe. Yeah, right. <clears throat> but um, but for once, I'm just like. I'm, I'm, also, you could always wear a hazmat suit. You could still give them hugs and stuff. Like it's not like you can't yeah. be in the same room with them. Um, right. You know. So I don't know. I'm, I'm but, glad they 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 at least stuck to their guns because when they established it early that this is permanent, you can't take it out of your bloodstream. Mm-hmm. I was like, mm, is it though? Because <laughs> I, I really expected them like in the eleventh hour for Q to be like, we actually can do it because this this and this. And forget everything I said. It was meaningless. Yeah. Um, and and I mentioned Star Trek because they used to do that all the time. Right. At the beginning of the episode, something would happen. We can't fix it. And then it turns out, oh, look, magic science, and we can. Yeah. Yeah. And they didn't. They 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 stuck to their guns. Um, they did. And they, they, they kept it that way they it was. Stuck, they stuck and to I, their guns. And missiles. I got to say, the, you mentioned that the, the ending was perfect. I'm inclined to agree. I thought the very final two or three shots where Leia Sado was in the car with her daughter and the love theme from on her majesty's secret mm-hmm. services playing and she says i want to tell you a story about your father uh or rather i want to tell you a story about bond james mm-hmm. bond that was just like a perfect little yeah. bookend um that was great i really liked loved the ending in a way that i didn't expect like a bond movie to like emotionally hit me like that because yeah. it has never has never approached anything close to that yeah but this movie was like hey you know what mate what if you actually felt something <laughs> I'm glad you mentioned that because that is the thing I wanted to go uh, back to the theme echoes and that kind of stuff. Um, yeah. The 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 theme is from You Only Live Twice and it's the... Yeah, the strings of it, yeah. Right. Um, and that starts playing uh, as Bond is heading towards the final island scene and he's driving up along the hillside and it's just... Yeah. And it's almost a somber version of those strings, it's like, a, it's like yeah, it's a, it's a, um, whatever that phrase is the, the you know the down chord, right? Like yeah, 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 only. yeah. And so I, you know, I didn't think much of it other than oh, I know that that sound. And now I'm wondering, you only live twice. The plot of that movie is that Bond is quote unquote dead for a large portion of that movie, right? Like a large portion of that movie, he is um, faking you know, being right. dead or whatever. And so then my mind's going, wait, is that intentional? Is it like he's going to his death? And so they're playing the one, you know, a theme from the one movie right. where he was quote unquote dead. Um, so I, I don't know that that's the case. I'm inclined to believe it isn't, but it was just one of those weird connections that I was like, oh, I wonder if that's, you know, intentional. So that's what it, I, 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 I always appreciate a movie that weaves in themes in a, mm-hmm. in a deliberate way to indicate either emotional cues or character cues. John mm-hmm. Williams famously did it whenever, yeah. obviously, Vader had the Imperial March, but like smaller beats, like the love theme, when characters would look a certain way, you would hear just a couple chords of, you know, Princess Leia's theme, and that would sort of emotionally cue you into what you're supposed to be feeling. Yep. And, and yeah, like the James Bond franchise or any action movie, it's not particularly subtle with those types of sort of underneath the radar cues like that, but... Uh, I really loved that it was one a callback to a movie that came out in the '60s, mm-hmm. and because it it that was a theme that we had already pre-associated with certain feelings yeah. and emotions. Yeah. Um, and they and they had that line uh, we have all the time in the world, which is a callback to when Bond got married in the Lazenby picture right before his wife is immediately murdered. And I'm like, all mm-hmm. right, they're drawing some parallels here uh, yeah. because when he says we all have the time in the world, the irony is they have absolutely none. And like mm-hmm. the very next scene, she's murdered. And that sort of paralleled what we saw here, where they thought yeah. they had yeah. this after they thought they had this 
you know, life ahead of them. And they were planning all these years and years. Like, what are we going to do now that we're retired? And then, like, the very next day, that entire thing is ripped out yeah. from under them. Yeah. Uh, Great stuff. Well, that's all I had. And, John, if you don't have anything else, I think we're good to go. Um, thank you so much for joining and chatting Bond. And, you know, I know it's – as I've been watching these old Bond movies, I've seen your reviews of them on Letterboxd after I've, yeah. you know, kind of put nice. mine in. And it's kind I've of – I've reviewed, been, like, at least half of them. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. There's a lot. So, uh, so yeah. Have, so I have, I, that. have they lined up your thoughts with mine? Mostly. Mostly, yeah. yeah, and I think that's evident in kind of where we rank stuff. Um, but uh, but yeah, I was I was kind of disappointed in some ways that I kind of got through all the bonds, I ranked them, and then I went I went and kind of did some like uh, Rotten Tomatoes research and different things, and I was kind of disappointed that uh, my ratings are all kind of typical. <laughs> I was like, I, yeah. I, I was like, I kind of wanted the you know the one even like with like Moonraker, I'm like, oh, there is a large group of people that like love Moonraker. Like that's a you know, that's a, a no, thing. No, Moonraker's a, solid. That's like number twelve for me. That's yeah. like top half of the so, list when it feels like it's easy to deride it for being so goofy and anti gravity mm-hmm. and stuff. But yeah. real quickly without derailing this or taking too long, what would be like your worst movie if you have ranked them? I mean Casino Royale uh is Beside of the official twenty five. Of the official 25, um, I, ha- I have The Man with the Golden Gun in last place. I think that is one of the weaker entries, and the Scaramanga villain is not interesting at all. He's just a guy that has a gun. <laughs> he, he, doesn't, he, doesn't, he doesn't have any plan. Like, Bond goes to his house, starts a duel, and kills him. He, he, didn't, he was minding his own business. That's he my was a hitman for hire. That's my second least favorite. So we're in agreement yeah, on just, that. Um, my least favorite is A View to a Kill. Um, okay. I... I I, I have a soft movie. spot for that because I love Duran Duran. Oh, Chris, okay. Chris, Chris Walken is great. And I think that uh, Golden Gate Bridge sequence is legitimately awesome. But nice. it is it is also really, really hokey. And Roger Moore is 55 on going on 70 yeah. in this movie. And he just, he's like, every shot is an obvious stunt double. And it's the movie is like, all right, you needed to pack it in a couple movies ago. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I mean, I like it, but it's not good. Objectively terrible. Subjectively, yeah. I kind of love it. Yeah, <laughs> I like. I think I gave a shout out to Christopher Walken and Grace Jones, who I both thought were really yeah. fun in it. But, um, but other than that, uh, no. Uh, well, there you go. There's the spoilers on uh, "To Live and Let Die Only Once Another Day" uh, or whatever <laughs> this one was called. <laughs> Uh, no time to die. Uh, we will catch you next time. Tomorrow never dies. Or tomorrow maybe died once. Uh, all right. We'll yeah. catch you next time when we need to spoil something. See you then. Bye. Thanks.